0: getting ready to preach who's ready for the word tonight yeah. amen i uh i'm ready to preach listen a couple of weeks ago we started a series called lessons from judas and um judas is not a very popular person in the bible uh barely people speak about him barely even very rarely do people ever preach on judas um and and, and i just remember uh, a couple of years ago we had a series called lessons from paul and uh, this listen man our christian walk is all about the bible and, and we want to encourage you, if you, are, if you are a Christian, if you believe in Jesus, if you call New Birth your home and you come to church every week, you need to get yourself a hardcover Bible, amen? It's something to just open up and feel up and just touch and, and highlight and, and circle, and God, you're so good, and, and, and come on, there's power in a paper Bible, amen? In the middle of service, your, your Bible won't give you a Twitter notification, hello, right? Uh, so we're trying to shy away from phones uh, on Bibles and get paper Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, come next week. We got free Bibles for everybody, all right? So just ask, ask someone, hey, I need a Bible. We got you, okay? So uh, we're going to look at the Bible tonight, lessons from Judas. I'm going to give you a quick recap on what the first week was about, and, um, and we're preaching about Judas. Now, listen, Judas, uh, I, I've never met a Judas. People don't name their children Judas. Judas is not a very well-known person in the Bible, He is known for what he did wrong, but he's never highlighted in the world. No one really speaks about him. You see, no one names their kid after Judas. Uh, I'm a John. My name is John, right? I was named after. That's a Bible name. You know, you have people named their their children John. People named their people Peter and and, and Matthew and Mark and Luke, you know, and no one names their son Judas, right? Come on, the dude that betrayed Jesus, right? (laughs) Declare that over your son, no. No one names their son Judas. Here's why. People don't talk about Judas because Judas sold Jesus out. He's the dude, if you've seen Passion of the Christ, that he literally trades Jesus in for, like, 30 pieces of silver. And he's the dude that, like, throws it at the end, like, I don't want the money, you know, slow motion. Judas is, is listen to me, Judas is, he's really a bad guy sometimes in, in our eyes. But the truth is, we spoke about it in week one, that Judas' issue is you, and, and it's, a, it's a me and you issue. You see, what happened with Judas was Judas every day had to face this question, am I going to choose the money or am I going to choose Jesus? It says in John, the book of John is in the New Testament. John talks about Judas and said, listen, Judas every day, he he was a thief. And and, and that was his struggle. He would would literally put his hand into the money bag and take the money that was supposed to be for Jesus' ministry. He would take it and put it in his pocket. Listen, Judas was wealthy. You know what I'm saying? Judas had the, the you know, the, the, the Air Force Ones, you know what I'm saying? The Camel Ones, you know what I'm saying? Come on, he had the Jesus sandals on deck, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's the dude that had Louis Vuitton. He looked great. He was wealthy. And the Bible says that Judas literally trades Jesus in for money. Listen, you, you and me can be confused to think that demonic impression and satanic work is all about the pitchforks and the horns when it could really be the everyday ordinary thing that we're letting influence us. And so what we figured out week one of Lessons from Judas was, listen, Judas' issue, it's not not just Judas that deals with this. We deal with this every day. It says in the book of Matthew 26, it says one of the 12 named Judas, he went to the chief priest. He asked them, what are you willing to give me? If you leave tonight and you drive home, you're going to see signs up. You're going to see things up. You're going to see clubs open. You're going to see bars open. You're going to see all these different things around you. And it's almost like the world is flashing at you what they can trade Jesus in for. What, you want to trade Jesus in for pleasure? You want to trade Jesus in for drugs? You want to trade Jesus in for fake love? You want to trade Jesus in for, for, for attention, for fame, for money? Every day we face what Judas was faced with. We have to choose either that or Jesus. And, and this is a struggle that Judas dealt with every single day. And, and, and what we found out is that this isn't a Judas problem. It's a you and me problem. Uh, A scary part in the Bible, Luke 22, the Bible says that Satan himself entered into Judas. Now, understand this. If you believe in Jesus, right, if you confess and believe in Jesus Christ, there is no power in hell that can overthrow your will. Right? So there's nothing that could overtake you and demonically oppress you. Now, if you are away from Jesus, if you're away from the covering of God, if you're away and you choose the things of the world and sin every day, you live a life of sin, you open the door to the enemy. And that's what Judas was doing. You see, he was walk with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. He looked like Jesus. He acted like Jesus. He only knew Jesus as teacher. He didn't know Jesus as Lord. So what he did was every day he chose to struggle instead of Jesus. And every day what he did was he let the door open for the enemy to influence him. The Bible says that Satan influenced him. And you and I need to be careful because we think that demonic oppression is like what Hollywood shows us, right? The neck turning around, the hair standing up, and the vomiting. Listen, the enemy can literally influence you in the everyday struggle and sin that you're opening up to him. He can influence you. And that's scary. It's scary because if you're not real with Jesus, tonight could, could probably scare you a little bit. Like, wait a minute. Do I even know who Jesus is? Or have I been worshiping this religious idea of who I think he is? Do I just follow a guy with good ideas, or do I really love Jesus? And that's when prayer comes to the next level, right? I'm not praying, oh, Lord, dear, thou with God. That's not a relationship. You don't talk to your friend like that. Don't talk to Jesus like that. If you approach Jesus like that, he's going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. I don't want religion. I want relationship. I don't want you to forcefully serve me. I want you to willingly serve me. And and that's what we learn from Judas is that Judas let Satan into the everyday things in life, and we notice that it's not the dramatic things that 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 open the doors to the enemy. It's the everyday things of life. What's funny is, is that what's funny about Judas that his struggle was money. I don't know about you. Is money a good thing to anybody in this place tonight? Come on, somebody. I love money. Come on, you you got a hundred dollars sliding my way. Amen. Listen, Christians, listen, we don't believe in, 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 in not being rich and, and money's bad and money's of the devil. Listen, money is of God. It is a blessing. Amen. But something that is a good thing could potentially replace a God thing. And, and if you love, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil, but money's not bad. If it's not for money, if it's not for believers having money, Jesus would not have a tomb that he borrowed. There was a, the rich man that said, Oh, he can stay in my tomb right? If we believe in money, it's, it's the love of money, and it's potentially the good things that can become evil. It's potentially good intentions that can lead you to destruction. It's potentially good people that can lead you to hell. I mean, it's potentially the good things, right, that can lead you to destruction. You know, money's a good thing, but if it, it took over Judas's life and led him away from Jesus and led him to sacrificing and giving away Jesus just for something other than Jesus. And, and, and we understand that. That, that good things could potentially become bad things. We, we, we actually talked about a couple of weeks ago how in 1969, the, the city of Cleveland, they had a really good idea. They had good intentions, right? Um, they wanted to break a world record of how many balloons could we release in the sky at once. They actually released 1.5 million balloons into the sky right? And, and they didn't just do it for no reason. They wanted to have a Guinness World Record, and they wanted to do it for a specific charity, right? How much awesome can it get when it comes to babies and balloons, right? How, how much like more fun does it get than that? Babies and balloons. like You're, you're already like, oh, <laughs> babies and balloons. You know what I'm saying? Like That's awesome. You know what happened three days later after they released the balloons in the sky? The balloons began to pop, and something in the atmosphere triggered with the rubber. It actually rained down Just destruction over Cleveland. People literally died days later. Animals died. The city of of Cleveland literally went through destruction. I can imagine the dude that had the idea. Guys, it's just babies and balloons. It's potentially good things that could lead to destruction. It's potentially good people and good ideas and, and good feelings that could lead you to destruction. And that was week one. But tonight, you guys here with me still? Tonight, we're going to talk about Judas, and, and, and what we learned from Judas is that, listen, Judas' issue is not just his issue. It's me and you. It, we have this issue every day. Is it going to be that, or is it going to be Jesus? We're faced with this every day. What's funny about money, hello, and honey, just kidding, I'm done. What's funny about it is that Jesus had Judas in charge of the money bag in the ministry that he was in. So so what did Jesus do? Jesus said, listen, I'm going to put your struggle right in your face. Every day you need to make a decision. Is it going to be that or is it going to be me? Is it going to be that or is it going to be me? Listen, the Christian life sometimes is really black and white. Is it going to be money or is it going to be Jesus? Is it going to be that guy, that girl, or is it going to be Jesus? And listen, we are not too naive to understand that we face this decision every single day. I mean, tonight you battled that. Is it going to be Netflix or is it going to be Jesus? Can we keep it real? Am I going to go on a date tonight or am I going to come and worship God? We're faced with this every day. I'm not saying dates are of the devil. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying going out of the devil. I'm saying we got to make a decision and we got to sanctify and make what God says is holy, holy. Y'all here tonight? Yeah. Judas. And Peter are two different people that were in Jesus's life, in his ministry. They were with him for three years. Um, and, And what's awesome about Judas and Peter is that they did similar things, but they had different outcomes. Hear me. Judas traded Jesus in for 30 pieces of silver, it says in the Bible. That's literally, in those times, equivalent to three months' wages he traded Jesus in. And, 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 and if you don't know about Peter, see, Peter's the dude in The Passion of the Christ that denies Jesus publicly three times, right? He, he's the dude that, hey, are you the disciple of Jesus? Then I don't know Jesus, who, who's that? What? I don't know that dude. Oh no, my bad, my bad. My. And another occasion, hey, are you are you, are you you one of Jesus' followers? Who's, I don't know who that Jesus dude is. What are you talking about? That's not me. Right, he denied him a second time. And the third time, he denies him again. And, and what happens is, listen, Peter falls into guilt. Peter runs out. He goes out in the field. He begins to cry. He begins to weep. He fin- he feels that, that guilt. He feels that shame. He, feel- he felt that conviction. Listen, Judas felt the same thing when he traded Jesus. And it says when they took Jesus, they, they took him, uh, uh, Judas, uh, Judas runs back into the temple. He says, listen, I want to make the trade back. Can I trade it back? They're like, listen, we, we, we really got Jesus. You gave, it his, you gave us his location. It, the, the deal's done. And he literally throws the money they gave him. He throws it. You see the Passion of Christ? He throws it's just, you know, just go, you know, say that's my explosion noise. You know, what I'm saying bam. Make sure you're still with me. He threw the bag. Right? They both failed Jesus. But, 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 but here's the thing, and here's what I want you to catch. Judas, he separates himself, and the Bible says he he runs away to to a field and he hangs himself. The story doesn't end well for Judas. But Peter. Literally, Jesus says, listen, upon you, I will build my church. Listen, our church is here today because of Peter. Both failed Jesus, but both had completely different outcomes. See, you would be naive to assume that because you failed God, God can't use you anymore. You see, I want to let you know tonight that it's how you handle your failure that determines your future. It's how you handle the sin in your life. It's how you move. It's where you go. It's your perspective on God that will lead you towards growth instead of destruction. You guys here tonight? Let me read to you how Jesus predicts Peter's denial. It says in Matthew 26, verses 31 to 35. Again, next week, bring a Bible so you can read along with us and um, circle stuff together, and it becomes a a book study. It's really awesome. Verse 31, Jesus told them this. So Jesus, uh, if you've ever seen that Last Supper image, you know, where they're breaking bread and they're passing the cup, right, and they all... Sipping from the same cup, you know Jesus lit. Jesus was drinking wine and bread. Come on, somebody, wine is good. Amen. It's a gift from the Lord. Too much of it, though, you got to be wise. Too much of it is not okay. All right, we're gonna keep reading. It's 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 the Last Supper. The Last Supper, right, they're hanging out, they're chilling, the Bible literally says they're reclining on their seats, right, come on, I'm thinking about like that 70s show when they're in the basement, right, they're just hanging out, just chilling, right, they're in a circle, they're breaking bread, and Jesus gets serious all of a sudden, he's like, listen, I got something to tell you, listen, this very night, you will all fall away from me. I love how Jesus says that, and I love how the 12 dudes that were close with Jesus for three years on the night that Jesus gets captured to then get killed, none of them were seen to be found. This is a little representation of you and me. Listen, we all far short of the glory of God. In our church, there are no perfect people allowed. Amen? Because the truth is, we all fail God. I mean, if, if, if we were perfect, we wouldn't need Jesus. And, and if you feel like you have sin that is too big for God, if you feel like you ran out on grace, I came to encourage you, grace never runs out. God's always with you. God is always close to you. He loves you. That's for somebody in here tonight. Last Supper, 12 dudes. Jesus gets serious out of nowhere. He says, listen, this very night, you will all fall away on account of me. All of you guys are going to fall away. All of you guys are going to fall away. All of you are going to fail me. All of you, once in your life, are going to turn your back on me. He says, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Let's Keep reading. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. And Peter, right? Peter's that one dude that's like, bro, you know I got your back, right? You say we all gonna fall you? You tripping? Peter says, listen, even if all fall away on account of you, I will never do that. And Jesus is like, listen, truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, crows, before the rooster crows, before the rooster crows. You will disown me three times. So Peter's like, I will never fail you. I will never turn my back on you, right? That sounded like us when we got saved. Jesus, I'll never sin again, right? We were so young. We were so naive. I'll never do that again. The same night, probably after church, we did it. I will never do it again. I won't do that. All the other disciples said the same, right? Does, Does it sound like us? Does it sound like your life? That's what the Bible is. Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the disciples said the same, right? They're all agreeing with Peter. Let's keep reading. I think that's the last verse. That's it. (laughs) I did that last service, too. So they're like, yo, we'll never do that to you, Lord. I'll never leave you. But the truth of the matter is, is that they all fall away. They all turn their backs on Jesus. On the night that Jesus was captured, there was no Jesus and 12 disciples. It was just Jesus by himself neglected, and rejected, to walk a path that was so hard. I'm going to preach this summer about the night of Gethsemane when Jesus was captured. He was brutally beaten the next day, right? how, How Jesus went through pain and sorrow and struggle. Listen to me. If you feel like the Christian walk should be mountaintops and mountaintops, then listen, you're signing up for the wrong thing. You're not living really life. People who think that they'll never go through struggle, listen, you haven't gone, you haven't lived for five seconds. Life is full of struggle. Life is full of pain. Jesus didn't live mountaintop and mountaintop. Come on, he went through the valley at some points. And Gethsemane, he says, Lord, if there's any way I could die for these people, is there any way I could do this? Can you just tell me how to do it? If there's, take this cup for me if you can. God's like, no, this is my will for you. The penalty of sin is death. And I've sent you in a mission to die for people, even when they rejected you. Even when they turn their backs on you, you're dying for your enemies. You're dying for those who are furthest from you so that they can become close again. You see, what I, love about, what I love about the story of Peter is that when Peter denies Jesus, it's not like he's walking around saying, hey, it's like, you know, Christian, you know, I'm a Jesus follower. No, they can tell that he's a follower of Jesus by just how he looks, just by how he walks, and just by how he talks. Listen to me, if people aren't picking up that you are a transforming person, I'm not saying, I'm not promoting behavior modification, but I'm saying when you have a personal relationship with Jesus and you allow God to transform your life, listen, he transformed you from the inside out. There needs to be some fruit. If you have been living a life in Christianity and you have not received fruit, that means the seeds haven't settled in your heart yet. People should be able to look at you and tell that you're different. People should be able to look at you and say, man, you got some joy on you. Man, you got some peace all over you. Man, when you walk into the room, I I I just felt like this glowing aroma, it's not me, it's not what I'm reading, it's not the show I'm watching, it's the presence of God that walks with me. Listen, people should really pick out who's Jesus' followers. I love that about the Bible. I love that about this. I love that about Peter's story, is that Peter's literally trying to fit into the crowd, but he can't fit in because he just looks different, because he acts different, because he talks a little different, because his perspective is a little different. And that happens, literally, you, you go to church and you try to go back to the club. And your friends are like, what you doing here? <laughs> you don't do this. <laughs> You're like, yes, I do. No, you are called for something greater. You're called for something greater. Stop settling. For, don't go backwards. Why are we going backwards? Let's keep moving forwards. Let's grow in Jesus. That was a little funny. What do you mean? <laughs> Who's Jesus? Who, don't deny Jesus. You've had, listen, listen, you've had a moment with Jesus. You've had an encounter with Jesus. It's supposed to show in your life. I'm not saying force it. I'm saying we are changed from the inside out. When something happens in you, it needs to be poured out of you. You see, here's the thing about Judas and Peter. Like, like, they literally, like, there's so many parallels between both of them. And I love that because when you are a believer in Jesus, when you're just a human being in general, right, right, we all have this sin problem. We all have a, a problem and, and a and just like this connection to sin and connection to all things that are away from God. Here's the proof. You don't have to teach a little kid how to be a liar. B- babies are just the little toddlers are just born liars, right? They're literally sent from the devil himself. <laughs> Did you take that candy? No. It's like chocolate all over their mouth. Like who taught us to get out a lie? We are cling to the things of the flesh. You guys here tonight? You don't have to teach you. I don't have to teach you how to be bad. That's why we teach you how to be good, how, we, how to seek after righteousness. We're born into this world of flesh. We're clinging to the things of sin. Now, listen, sin is a common denominator, but it's how you handle it. It's what you do after. It's your heart and your perspective that doesn't lead you to death and hell, but that leads you to new life and resurrection. You see, Judas, his story ends bad. His story does not end well. He sells Jesus out. He gets convicted. He feels guilt and shame. He runs out into his field, the Bible says, and he hangs himself. He commits suicide. He takes his own life. You see, Peter's story ends a little differently. Peter denied Jesus three times. And listen, Jesus looks at Peter and says, listen, upon you, I will build my church. Upon you, you'll be the foundation to what is to come. Listen, new birth is not here. If it's not for disciples and people like like Peter that sin and fall but continue to love Jesus and continue to move forward. You guys here tonight? This is how bad Peter is. Mark 8:33. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he looked at Jesus, he looked at Peter in the eyes. He said, Listen, get behind me, Satan. He looks at Peter. The dude that's supposed to take this church to the next level, the disciple that's supposed to push the ministry of Jesus. Jesus is, will die. He's going to resurrect. He's going to go to heaven, send his Holy Spirit, right? But his disciples will push the ministry forward. His disciples will be evangelists, and they would perform signs and miracles. Jesus, before he leaves, he says, listen, greater things you are in my name. Listen, that same person, Peter, literally, earlier in his lifetime, Jesus looks at him and says, get behind me, Satan you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. So you got this connection between Judas and Peter. See, Judas, as I mentioned earlier, Judas had that struggle every single day, right? So it's not the big dramatic things that the enemy can influence us. It's the little ordinary things that we can open the door for the enemy to influence us, right? So you have Judas, listen to me, Judas and Peter both failed Jesus. Judas and Peter the Bible says both were influenced by the devil, but they have different destinies. They have, Hear this. They have different destinies. You see, we all feel God in this room, but it's how you handle it. It's where you run. It's your perspective on Jesus that can literally change your life for the good or for the bad. You guys here tonight? No, this is crazy. I want to read John chapter 21, verses 15 to 17. Now, this is a little insane. This is, this is literally the grace of God over, over Peter's life. You see, Peter, 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 P- Peter denied Jesus how many times? Three times he denies Jesus, right? Are you a follower of Jesus? No, that's not me. I don't know that dude. Are you a follower of Jesus? Oh, wait, aren't you one of those disciples? No, that's not me. Who's Jesus? I don't know who that is. What are you talking about? Hey, aren't you the follower of Jesus? I don't even know. I don't even follow him on Instagram. I don't know who, who you talking about. I'll block that dude. Three times he denies Jesus. And I want to show you something in the book of John. It said, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, right? So, so Peter has another name. His name is Simon Peter, right? So when you see that in the Bible, don't think, oh, is, he has a twin. No, Simon Peter, right? So he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these, right? So Jesus looks at Peter. He says, Simon Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Listen, God is asking your question tonight. Do you love me? We come to church, and sometimes we can get discouraged by people worshiping so extravagantly. Because you're like, what do you have that I don't? Listen, it's the love for Jesus that brings out that worship life in us. We come to church, and we say, man, they're praying a little better than me. Listen, it's the love for Jesus that brings that prayer life out of us. And Jesus says to Peter what Jesus is saying to you tonight, do you love me? I won't fail you ever again. I'm not asking if you want to sin or not sin. I'm saying, do you love me? Do you love me? Oh, I'll read more Bible God. I promise I'll read more Bible. No, 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 no. You missed the question. Do you love me? Because if you love me, these things will happen. If you love me, you want to talk to me. That's called prayer. If you love me, you want to worship me. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna exalt my name up high. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. You know this, man. Jesus said, okay, feed my lambs. Next verse. Again, right there and then. Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes. You know that I love you. Jesus said, okay, cool. That's the second time he asked, cool. Take care of my sheep. Third time he said to him, hey, hey Simon, listen, Simon Peter, son of John, do you love me? And, and, and Peter's, he was hurt. He was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Listen, let me connect the dots for you. Three times Peter failed Jesus. Three times he denied Jesus. Earlier in scripture, three times Jesus asked, do you love me? And you ask me, what am I supposed to do when I sin? Am I supposed to run away and seclude myself? No, Jesus is saying, listen, every time you sin, every time you mess up, I got one question. Do you love me? Every time you fail me, are you going to run away from church? Are you going to block new birth on Instagram? Who would do that? Lord Jesus. (laughs) What are you going to do? Because if you choose something other than me, I got a question for you. Do you love me? Do you love me? This isn't about religion. This is about relationship. Oh, I'm reading the Bible a lot. God, no, no, no. Do you love me? I was on Snapchat the other day, and um, one of the young adults in our church, I was looking at a story. I don't judge. I promise. I, 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 like, people tell me, yo, you see this dude? Man, he's been out of church. I'm like, dude, stop it. Have you talked to him? Right? I'm like the, the last person to judge people. I promise you. But I'm on Snapchat, and I'm looking at this dude's story. (laughs) I never do this. I saw he was, like, playing games for, like, the longest time. Like, he was on Fortnite for, like, five hours. And I I DM'd him, and this is a leader. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you want to grow in God, join the leadership of our church. Because our God loves you enough to correct you. And he puts leaders in your life to correct you. Don't run from correction. That's the only way you'll stay naive and immature. Yeah. Professionals, listen to me, professionals, they pay for correction. Y'all not here tonight. Woo! I hit him up. I was like, dude, you read your Bible today? He was like, man. I was like, no, I'm not reading my Bible. You know, I used to do soaps. I used to, you know, be all over the Bible. You know, I'm going to get back to it. I'm going to get back to it. I'm going to get back to it. And I interrupted him. I said, listen, bro. Listen, bro, don't focus on reading the Bible. That's not what I'm talking about. The real question I have is, do you love Jesus again? Do you love him? Because if you love him, you want to read his word. Listen, this Bible isn't just a rule book. This Bible is a love letter. From Genesis to Revelation, Jesus is showing you that he loves you. That's why we read the Bible. It's not just this holy book that's just like, oh, my God, it's ancient. No, 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 this is God's love letter. It breathes to me. It speaks to me. This holds power. This holds the very words of God. And if you don't love God, you're not going to love his word. And he was like, yeah, man, I'm trying to get back into it. I'm trying to get back into it. I'm trying to get back to it. I'm like, dude, you sound so religious right now. If you loved Jesus, you would read his word. If you loved him. and It's like, why, why, am, I, why am I not praying like I used to, Man. Is your love for God dwindling? Because the question is, we're sinning every day. We fall short every day. You're either going to walk and flee away from Jesus, or like Peter did, when you fail, you're going to run to the arms of Jesus in repentance. Why do Christians cry so much? Why are they always crying? You ever ask that question? It's so emotional. Listen, have you ever been freed from some debt? Have you ever been freed from some debt? Have you ever, like, like this is what Jesus did for us. Ready? He said, listen, you can't get to heaven on your own. I'm going to do all the work for you. So now you can approach the Father with some confidence. You can approach the Father with a head up high because you're not covered by your own doings but because of Jesus' doings. That's why we worship so heavy in here. That's why when church starts, man, we right here. Let's go. I'm here not to worship a singer, not to worship a band. I'm not here because the lights. I'm here because Jesus is in this place. And because I love him, I will lift my hands and I would worship him. Do you know why we pass you know why we pass offering buckets around? It's not because we want your money. It's an opportunity for you to love Jesus. Because if you love him, you give. That's why Valentine's Day, everyone's giving. Love is attached to acts of service. That's why people serve in church. That's why Jonathan Udenya is on the keys every single Friday pouring his life out. He could be at some jazz club making money, but he's here to be a part of the process of people's lives transforming. He said, listen, Jesus transformed my life. I want to see him do more in you guys. I want to minister to you. I'm going to give it up. I'm going to serve the Lord because I love him. And because I love him, listen, I love the things that he loves. That's why we're a church for the homeless. Some people, Somebody told me last week, I never met a church that's just so they're so evangelistic. Why are you guys so evangelistic? I'm like, this is what Jesus wanted us to do. You think I wake up, you know, just thinking about, oh, you know, where are the homeless at? No, no, no. my heart is for the things that the God's heart is for. Because you love God, you love the homeless. Because you love God, you love the broken. I was at a funeral earlier this morning. A funeral. It's so sad. One of my friends, my girlfriend's friends, my brother, he was was broken. And I'm in this place. I got to tell you, I'm sitting down in the back. And my heart is just pounding. All my friends from high school are there. And most of them aren't saved. And my heart is pounding. It's pounding, not because I'm nervous, not because I don't have the right answers. I know the answers. Jesus is sovereign, right? Everything goes through the hands of God. God is working. His ways are higher than our ways. we got to trust him, right? You know why my heart is pounding? Because people are hurting. People are in need. People have questions. And I know that I know that I know that the God of the Bible is the answer to their questions. And I have found a hope and a joy That is available to them. If it was up to me, I would have jumped up in that funeral. And I would have said, listen to me. (laughs) I know this is going down tonight. And he's in heaven. But where will you spend eternity? If all you needed to enter to heaven was love for God, where would you end up tonight? If all that determined your your entry into heaven was loving Jesus, where would you end up right now? You got to make that decision. That's why we serve. That's why we give. Listen, we don't want to, we, there's no hocus pocus to Christianity. We do these things because we love Jesus. So you have, you have Judas, right? Judas failed God. He, he went away from Jesus, right? He separated. He was alone. Listen, whenever you feel like you need to divide and separate from people, that is not the plan of God, but that is a lie from the enemy enemy wants to separate you he wants to catch you slipping he wants to have you alone in your thoughts in your anxiety in your depression and he wants to lie to you when you're alone but listen that's why you need some people in church you need some brothers and sisters and this may sound a little religious but you need some church friends on your side come on somebody you need some people like that friend from get out right they can tell you straight up you need to go back to church boy what are you doing You don't go to church to fill attendance. You go to church to experience God. And Judas fled away. He fled away. Felt convicted. He felt sin. He felt shame. He felt guilt. He traded Jesus in for three months of wages. That's how much he was in a struggle. He settled Jesus for less. He settled for something that was so quick and easy and gone. And then what he did, he separated himself, but not Peter. Peter, who Jesus said, Satan, get behind me. Peter, who Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. Peter, who literally stood up and said, I don't know that guy. I don't know that guy who denied him. He ends up being the foundational part of the church. Here's why. Listen to me. Because when he sinned, he didn't focus on performance, but he focused on loving Jesus. Imagine Peter connecting those dots. I failed him three times. Wait, remember that one time he was just asking me, Do I love him? How many times? Oh, he asked me three times. Let that be the model of your life. When you fail Jesus, run to him because you love him. Run to him because you love him. Run to him because you love him. Here's my first point tonight. I have two points sin doesn't push God away, it pushes you away. When you choose that sin every day, you know what you're creating? You're creating a shell over your heart. That's why worship wasn't how it used to be. Because you used to be sensitive to the spirit, and now sin is corrupting your heart. That's why, man, the preacher, man, he used to sound better. Now he did not sound that well. Listen, I'm always good. Come on, somebody. This is God. It's God's word. It's not my word. Man, church, used to be better. No, no, no. Your heart is hardened by sin. You see, our God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at once. That is our characteristic of our God. He's not one to once in, in Orlando and then in Kissimmee. He's not only in church. Listen, right now, He's in your home waiting for you. He's at, We had a prophet you our Princeton campus Wednesday. I was, uh, he brought up one of our young adults, and he was like, "Listen, I see an angel right now waiting for you at your house." I told him, "I was like, dude, you're gonna have an awesome night tonight. Go home, lock the door, and just pray and, and and just seek after God. He wants to meet you at your house. Listen, God isn't confined to a space. He is omnipresent." So why sometimes we don't feel like God is next to us? That's because we aren't sensitive to his spirit. Because we got sin that we're letting creep into our life. That struggle, that sin, we're letting it creep into our life. And it begins to eat at the very presence of God that is around us. Listen, God is not far from you. He's right next to you. Sin doesn't push God away. It pushes you away. My last point tonight is this. We ought to be marked as a church that loves Jesus. I don't want to be a church that's known for worship. I want to be a church that that loves Jesus. I don't want to be a church that's that's all about the lights and the sound. I want to be a church that's known of loving Jesus. We're not a church that's just only all about the Bible. Listen, we love the Bible because we love Jesus. And I want to be a believer, and I want to be a person known not for, for having Jesus all over their Instagram not known for having all the Jesus hats and and a, just a cross tattoo on my arm. I, I want to be known for those things. I want to be known for the person that loves you.